0: Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer, and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around. You're in the right place. Hey everybody, I'm pumped for this episode. We're bringing you David Anderson. He's the founder and CEO of LionDesk CRM. Now, before you go ahead and just move on to the next episode, I understand nobody wants to talk CRMs anymore, sales tools and marketing tools. I really get that, and honestly, at first, I was a little hesitant even doing this episode because I didn't want to get caught in the rabbit trail talking just straight up sales and marketing tools. But in this episode, David and I, we actually go a little bit further into some industry trends. We're seeing a lot more mergers and acquisitions. What does that mean for agents? Should agents care if their CRM or website platform is owned by another brokerage, not their own, and a few other things like talking AI? Is AI really AI that you're hearing about in all these tools, and what relevance, if any, blockchain and cryptocurrency have with residential real estate? Kick back, relax, enjoy the show. Hey, David, welcome to the show.
1: And hey Nate, good to be here, man. Really appreciate it.
0: No, I, I appreciate you taking aside the time and your team helping line this up and the timing here. I can see somebody's. Was that someone cleaning your windows right behind you?
1: <laughs> you got window cleaners out here, man. <laughs>
0: got a little cameo. Hey, I appreciate your time. I want to get it started so we can jump right into it. First, why don't we go ahead, let everyone know who you are and what you do.
1: Excellent. So David Anderson, I'm the CEO and founder of LionDesk. We are an integrated CRM platform, primarily in real estate for agents, brokers, lenders, and we help them manage the relationship with their clients from contact to close using automation with personalization with the goal of closing more deals more often. Well, that sounds good to me. Who could be mad about that? Right, uh, make more money, right, and uh, make it easier, like you said. Right, right. So when did you guys start, lying to us? So I started the company in about two thousand fourteen. Is kind of when I had the idea. So my sister is a realtor. Her issue was that over the course of her career, that at that point had spanned about twelve or thirteen years. She had several different systems, you know, that she kept her, her contacts in, right? She had her email, she had her old phone, and then she had her new phone, and then she had her Excel spreadsheet, and then she had a system that, you know, her old broker provided her, and then she had kids, so she took time off, and then she came back, and she didn't have her systems, and so I put it together, spent the better part of 2015 just giving it away to everybody uh, that I possibly could find, knocking on doors, talking with agents. And it's really salesperson centric, right? So it's like built for the salesperson with that added level, uh, the layer now of like the broker side or the admin side. So put it together by uh, 2016, actually got our first client paying for it. So I was super pumped about that. And then fast forward a few years and we've got about 30 some odd thousand clients. Wow. Wow. You already jumped ahead some of the questions here.
0: <laughs> so what's your background? Okay. Are you a developer? or, or, what, or was this, Did you start there? Or you went out and hired a team and said, here's the concept. I got some feedback. We need to create this product.
1: No. So I actually, I was in another business. Uh, it was an online travel agency as well. And I mm-hmm. put together a lot of the technology back in kind of the early 2000s, late 90s. And so I had experience developing. I wouldn't call myself like a professional coder by any stretch of the imagination. And so I actually exited out of that company, took a couple years off, and then found myself at Best Buy on a Wednesday calling my friends who were all working, and they told me to figure something out. And so I did. And real estate's, (laughs) real estate's always been a passion, man. I've got family. My grandpa was a broker. My dad, my stepdad was in mortgage. And so, you know, I wasn't the guy to necessarily sit down and hack away coding, even though I did do that early days, we have much better developers now. I was really good at, you know, kind of connecting dots and figuring out how do I make this easier and more efficient mm. and less expensive than what people have right now. Yeah.
0: And, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, having multiple systems and, you know, even even back in 2014, I wouldn't say we were in the dark ages of CRMs back then, but still they're not what they are today. And, mm-hmm clunkier, you oftentimes had to download them onto your computer, and they ate up your RAM, you know, and so it's it's come a long way. So, you know, definitely had to understand systems to make that efficient. So, you know, okay, so we all know essentially what a CRM is. And obviously, some are better than others, and they do things that make jobs easier. But what do you see as the big challenge that
1: line desk solves for agents? Yeah, so agents and salespeople in general today, I believe that they their biggest problem is not on the lead side, right? I mean, there's plenty of leads that are out there. There's a billion different sources, and you've got your sphere. So the biggest problem is on the nurture and the follow-up side, right? Mm. And so NAR released their latest statistics. You know, 90% of the clients surveyed said they would use their same agent, but in reality, only 12% actually do, right? That's a huge problem, It's a right. huge problem. Right? You're not going to get addressed by a lot of these micro tools that are out there, which are really great. And that's what we do at LionDesk really effectively is we have the systems in place to communicate via text message, for example. Right, So your client who you worked with six months ago, most agents don't follow up with them after the sale because I always hear... Well, they'll let me know when you know they want to sell another home or buy another home, right? And which we know isn't true. And so, what right. we do at Lion really well is help them with that that automation. But it's personalized, right? Like you're not just going to blanket everybody. Like you want to say, like, "Hey Nate, how's everything doing going with your new home? It's been six months, just checking in, ma'am." Like simple stuff like that, which you automate, you know. And then and then hopefully you get a referral off that client. So that's what really we work on mm-hmm. um, is trying to help you know, help them retain those clients and then also nurture them up to the point to where, you know, they're able to close a higher percentage of those leads.
0: Yeah. And you know, I think the automation, like there's something about the psychology there, right? If you've got a good system in place mm-hmm. and that email is going to send it out, you no know, longer have to sit down and think, all right, I got to reach out to them. I got to say something, you know, you work up every reason not to type that email you know, it's the same reason people don't pick up the phone. You you can come up with a million reasons not to pick up the phone and call them. So I, I think that's totally right. So what kind of, uh, do you seed the CRM with content that agents can leverage then to nurture their leads? Like, is that already in the CRM or do they have to write all that themselves?
1: Oh, yeah. So every new agent that gets an account with us, we pre-seed or pre-load their account with a bunch of drip campaigns, which are blended campaigns, right? They're going to be emails, text messages, phone calls, task reminders, everything else like that. But then there is also about 3,600 or so drip campaigns that other agents, brokers, lenders have loaded into LionDesk as well that they've shared with the whole community, which is really what's unique about our system as well. I put that out there about two years ago, not expecting many people to share, but 3,600 campaigns later, anything you, you can think about. In a drip yeah. campaign, is you're going to find it. I saw one in there. It's a five-year post-campaign, post-sale campaign. I mean, it's nuts, you know, some of these things. And so that's the number one question we get is like, as a new agent, what do I do? But as an existing agent, how can I do it better? And we just say, you know, type in their Fispo, type expired, type follow-up, type close client, type new lead, type Zillow, Facebook, whatever. And you're going to get campaigns you want to modify them, you know, to, to, to what, you know, fits your kind of, you know, your terminology, how you talk, your marketplace and whatever. But, but again, they're all there for anybody to download for free.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It'd be embarrassing if you've got like uh, some Southern twang and you're, you know, nurturing your list up in Vermont, say something that's just totally not going to fly or or work out something, but So yeah, so they get they they get started, and I think that I mean at that in of itself, you know, coming from a marketer, I mean that takes a lot of time to think through what can I put together that people respond to that I can send to you yeah. know, different people and still resonate and work with them. And so uh, I I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. What are what's some of the feedback you hear from agents as to why they. Choose to use LionDesk because I mean, there's no shortage. You know, as we talked about, there's no shortage of options out there, even mm-hmm. down to you know, paper notebooks or just straight up Excel. So, why LionDesk is is the option for
1: agents? So, ease of use, affordability, and then the integrations that we have, and just the systems that we've put together on it. What we did a survey of our clients about four or five months ago, asking them that that specific question, and they said they use LionDesk because it helps. Prevent their clients from slipping through the cracks, right? From disappearing forever. And that's really what a CRM should do at its core. You know, it should, as client relationship management, you know, like keep that relationship going, whether or not it's an existing client, it's a referral, or it's a brand new lead. You know, most agents, when they get a new lead, first of all, they don't contact them fast enough. Secondly, they're not using the best methods to do it, such as texting, right? And third, they're not doing it. As often as they should, and so that's the biggest thing that that clients tell us why they pick LionDesk is because you're right. Could they could they use another system? Sure. Could they patchwork a couple of things together? You bet. But again, like aggregating all that into the centralized hub is really where our core exists, and we continue to innovate. You know, I mean, we're not sitting back on our laurels. You know, we we actually are innovating pretty quickly in terms of pushing out new products that aren't you know in the marketplace yet.
0: Right. Now you mentioned though that there's no shortage of leads out there and it's really a matter of cultivating and following up on those leads. But do you guys work at all on the front end of helping
1: agents generate leads or run campaigns that will help them generate new leads? We don't do websites. We don't do landing pages. What we do is connect with a lot of really good partners that do that. Right. Mm. So if you're a broker and or you're an agent and you say, all I want is my website and my CRM to talk to each other, right? We do that, okay? And then we ask them, say like, hey, what is it that you want on your website? Do you want a website that's just like a branding site where you can send your clients to? Do you want a website that has marketing behind it or do you want this ultra custom site? And we have partnerships in the industry where it's basically, you don't even have to do anything. We'll set it up for you. We communicate with the website company so that all of, not only just your leads come in, right? But also website traffic. Visit, save searches. So from within LionDesk, you can say, just like you would with a quote-unquote all-in-one system, you can say, show me everybody who's visited my website in the last 90 days, who's saved more than three homes, who I haven't communicated with via text message, email, or phone call in the last week, select all, and then call, email, or text from LionDesk. Wow. Which is, which is very unique. It's like having an all-in-one, but a best-in-class system that's not just a connection of sharing data, it's yeah. actually truly, it's actually a true integration. Got it.
0: I mean, that's a, that's a lot of capability. So my, the biggest uh, pushback I hear from other agents and other real estate professionals, as you know, the industry has lagged a little bit in tech. As soon as you start talking about some of these things, like the deer in headlights, look goes over, they glaze over, they start pushing you backwards and saying, I don't need any of this mm-hmm. internet's. Do you find that same sort of resistance? And if so, like, how are
1: you overcoming that to gain the adoption? Not as often anymore as, as, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I think now, you know, people understand, especially in light of a lot of recent news, I think people understand the value of actually having an organized database that you can easily go back to at any point in time to see what happened with that client, where am I, whether or not you're the agent or the broker, you know, and then bringing in the lender. And so, You know, when when clients are looking at us, it's less of a question of why should I use a CRM and more of a question of tell me what I should be doing in my CRM, right, to be more effective. And so it's shifted. I think, you know, a few years ago, you're right. I mean, it would have been like, why do I need one? Now it's I know I need one guide me is really what is what people Mm -hmm. are telling us now
0: yeah yeah and um, that makes sense i mean obviously you can't get left behind and so if the book ain't feeding you all year long you got to try something different i suppose and it's time to move with the crowd let me ask you so what Mm -hmm. talk to me about the typical agent then so what is the typical customer of line desk or some common characteristics you find amongst those agents
1: So, uh, like I mentioned, we have, you know, lots of clients. It started off as the individual agent when I first put it together because that, to me, was the most important thing is that you can have a system provided to you by your broker, right, which is really great for the broker, but the agents don't use it because it wasn't built for them. And that's what I wanted to do is actually build a tool for the salesperson who's on the road, who only wants to spend about 15 minutes a day on their CRM, and then go back to what they do best, which is sell. And so start off with agents. We have agents, we have teams, we have small brokerages, we have independents, we have franchises. So we have everything up to, you know, 2,500, 5,000 person offices using us now, which obviously over time we've grown into, but we've really gone up market, you know, instead of trying to start from the high level broker and then shove it down into the salesperson. Cause you know, there's a lot of companies that offer Salesforce, for example, on an enterprise side, but a very small percentage of the salespeople actually like using that program. And so that's why we did the opposite. We said, listen, we have agents that are using Lion desk. Here's our broker product for you. And then that way the rollout and the adoption is incredibly higher, which is you know, important for a broker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I think you brought up a good point, you know, whether or not the brokerage provides the tool, you know, and we keep hearing more and more about that is brokerages are either building, they're integrating and building, And they pass the tool on to the agents, you know, and then the frustration mounts, you know, well, this tool wasn't meant for me and the brokerage is like, well, we spent all this money giving you this thing. Why aren't you using this thing? They're like, well, it's not for me. So Mm -hmm. you got to find that ground in there, but (laughs) And I kind of always laugh about that because like you said, it you know, sometimes it's built from the management perspective and not from the on the ground salesperson perspective, which is really, mm-hmm. if it doesn't manage that, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've built,
1: you know? That's all that matters. Yeah, that's the only thing that matters in our opinion is is the adoption of, of LionDesk into the daily usage of an actual salesperson on an agent side like that's it that's the only thing that matters yeah
0: so what's been helping line desk grow as
1: a company said so you're working with you have thirty thousand customers yeah what's been the driver of that growth most of it came from referrals from existing clients that was a big part of it as well and then lately we've been actually going after franchisees enterprise brokerage clients, because now we actually, you know, have the tools in order to provide, you know, high level integrations and analytics. And then also we put together MLS deals as well. So for example, we just launched with CRMLS, which is the largest MLS in California, actually in the nation. Hmm. They've got 96,000 agents and every single one of them gets LionDesk as part of their MLS association fee. So all they got to do is just click and then they get an account in LionDesk. That's awesome. Well, congrats on that deal. Yep. Yeah. So, so we're, we're working in all aspects now, Uh, again, you know, to provide the product to as many people as possible, but then again, you know, making sure that adoption is high. And so for us, you know, continuing to develop is really important. And I think again, that's why we get a lot of referrals as well, is because I'm out there talking to agents, just listening. What do you guys need? What else? Um we've put a lot of time into some new stuff that we're working on that we can talk about as well, mm-hmm. which is it's really neat. Like I, I'm not one to just sit back and, and say, Okay, cool, you know, we've got 30,000 users let's just go ahead and relax a little bit like now let's keep pushing forward like how can we make this better how can we make it instead of four clicks it's two how can we bring on more integrations and I think that's why a lot of our clients use us and then refer us which is you know which is a real testament to what we do
0: yeah so you're saying that
1: referral marketing and working your sphere still works it's uh, unbelievable right <laughs> 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 you know, Nate, we actually use Liondesk. Our whole company uses Liondesk to manage all of our leads and all of our relationships and all of our clients. When you sign up, you get on a drip campaign, you're gonna get uh-huh. a video email from from me saying, hi, welcome to line. Like we use our, like we're eating our own dog food, right? And so mm-hmm. that's why like it's so flexible is because everybody here in our office uses it on a daily basis as well. Man, that's awesome. And and I, I was going to follow up and
0: ask like, you know, hey, are you using this in your own sales development and uh, sales efforts? So that, I'm glad to hear that. So that way you guys can improve as you're working. Absolutely. So, so I want to, this one is, I was like asking this one question because first off, it makes people a little bit uncomfortable, But it also, it often sheds light into the ethos of a company. Obviously, as you've been working the last few years, a few things haven't worked out. There had to have been like one or two experiments or something that didn't go wrong. Can you share a story about one of the one or two things that you tried? It didn't work out, and, and how you you realized it wasn't, and, and what decisions you made based off that?
1: Yeah, I think we probably moved into the enterprise stuff quicker than we should have about a year ago, and we weren't ready to bring on, let's say, a five hundred to a thousand person account, and that was probably the biggest thing. Although that's not, you know, it wasn't like a, a massive investment on our side. We've done things pretty, when we make mistakes, we just move off really quickly. You know, I mean, our team is understanding in terms of we are a small startup. We're scrappy. We're going to try things. If it doesn't work, who cares? Move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't have like a committee or VCs, you know, or anything else that we have to, you know, get permission or force us down a particular direction on. And so, you know, there's not, there wasn't one big gigantic mistake that we made that was like, oh no, we shouldn't have done that. But it's just little things, and that's that's the thing with owning a business and running a business is, you know, don't be afraid to make all these mistakes because how else are you going to learn, right? I mean, our sales team, we we completely changed that whole process in-house after it not working for three months, and now we've got a different process, right? So, you know, one big thing that would probably have been it. It's just like, you know, before you bring on a 2000 person office, like make sure you have your systems and processes in place, which we do now. Right. I mean, that was it. We were kind of forced in that area and, Learned from it and said, we backed off a little bit and said, we'll tackle this when we're ready and get the people and get the processes in place. And then now it's just a matter of, you know, following the steps that are written down for everybody to get this stuff done.
0: I I think you hit it right on the the nail on the head there. I mean, every business goes through that. I mean, every realtor has to list their first home. I mean, (laughs) well, I guess not everyone, but, you know... (laughs) We won't touch that one. But, I mean, so, I mean, I get it. You know, it makes sense. And, obviously, stepping up. So, now you guys are able to play on a a whole other playing field. Which, you know, I'll let that transition us into because that sheds a little bit of light on – the changes we're seeing in industry, you know, we have there's a ton of changes on the consumer behavior, consumer expectations, the way we're shopping, the way we're buying. That's just you know the homes, getting financing. I mean, everything is moving at lightning speeds, and it's also like doubly crazy that we're in such a bull market. You know, it's slowing mm-hmm. down. People are saying we'll, we'll, we'll really see this summer how much slowing it does, but. You know, I mean, when homes are selling, like in our market, you know, 10 days on the market, sometimes it seems like, why isn't this home selling? It should have sold already, which is just crazy to think about. So let, let's talk about some of the changes that are happening in the industry. And I'd love to get your take on it. So the biggest thing recently, a brokerage went out and bought a well known CRM. I won't throw out any names, but we all know who we're talking about. You're more than welcome to throw out any name you like. First question is Do you see issues with? brokerages buying CRMs that you know other brokerages are using. Because this is not the first time a brokerage owns a CRM that's being used by you know different companies. Do you do you see a conflict of interest there and, and why should or shouldn't realtors be concerned about things like that?
1: The so yes, the the aforementioned new the compass CRM is what it what is called now, right? Right. You know, I had this conversation probably three times in the past since that announcement last week with very large firms that were using that CRM that now have that same question on their mind. Like why would I want to give money to my competitors? basically what they're doing. Right. Right. Um, and, And a lot of people were worried about, oh, well, they're going to look at the data. And I think that's garbage. You know, I know the owner of the other CRM, Contactually, which is a great system, right? I know them. I know it's great guy. There's no way that he would allow anybody to take data of his clients. I think the biggest issue, Nate, isn't necessarily that another company owns the system. It's that the innovation of that software is dead on arrival because why would Compass want to continue innovating a crm platform that other brokers are using like that's the biggest thing that i think everybody should be looking Mm at because you know and they even said in their press release like we're gonna have a very small team working on the non-compass stuff but then everybody else is gonna all of the other stuff is going over so so you know i also had somebody ask me you know how they've had to switch website systems in the past year because a a, a broker bought their website system now they've had to switch a CRM system in the last week because a broker bought their CRM. And they said, what are you going to do about that? And I said, listen, I don't know what's going to happen in five years. All I can tell you is where we're going now, what our vision is for the next few years. We don't have VCs. We don't have anybody knocking on our door trying to get you know, a 20 times return. What I want to do is build the best in class system that we can possibly do and help you guys grow your business while we grow our business as well. And so is there an issue? Sure, I would probably be a little bit upset, you know, like if if I'm a company and and the system that I put the last six, eight months, twelve months into, you know, saw if I saw an announcement, you know, while I'm reading the papers or you know reading online about this thing, but I think it's just the nature of how technology works, right. um, And and I I don't think that there's there's it's going to slow down. I think, you know, the the M and A activity inside of real estate tech is you know, last year was as hot as it's it's been ever with, you know, billions of dollars coming in, both on the broker side and on the tech side. And, you know, I I just, you know, I don't know if there's a way around it. You know, I think that it's, you know, there's a few companies that are never going to sell because that's not their business model, you know, they're lifestyle businesses and the owners just want to keep it that way. And then there's companies that's that's all they can do is sell. Like, Hmm. if you look at a background of a company that's got, you know, a lot of VC money, there's only one way that's going to go. You know, it's not going to stick around for 20 years, I can tell you that, right? I mean, they got one pack for companies that are like that, Hmm. right? And so it's just up to the broker to make the determination of, do I rip off the Band-Aid now or do I wait two years before this is so far behind in technology? Because as you said, technology is moving so quickly now that it's hard to, you know, to not want to, not have to innovate on a product.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think you, you made a lot of good points there. When I saw people getting afraid that they were going to you know, be peering in and looking at data, yeah, I was just like, that is a PR nightmare. I mean, number one, it's probably some major legal liability you know, you'd have to disclose that. It'll get called out. You know, there's no way. Yeah. You, if you're doing that, you know, I mean, you're really not a business to trust. But I mean, the REMAX agent in Topeka, Kansas, I don't think they're going to be competing with Compass anytime soon. Likely. Maybe. I don't know if Compass is in. But I mean, it's not a big deal. It shouldn't much matter. I think it goes back to what you were saying, Roy, at the top of the show, which is, you know, how do you want to run your business? Like, what do you need to get done? What are the results you're trying to achieve? And is the system going to help you get there? But, you know, I appreciate your, your perspective on that. You mentioned a few things, though, about VC money. So, you know, Cretech put out the report about VC money into commercial real estate tech. And there's a lot of like, I've seen two different reports in the last few weeks. One said as low as 5.6 billion, one was as high as $18 billion, you know, VC deals in real estate tech pre had $9.6 billion last year, which was slightly down from $12 billion the year prior. So there's all in all a ton of money pouring into real estate tech. Why do you think right now the space is so hot for VC money, and even a lot of it coming from, maybe not a lot of it broadly, but a lot of it has come from foreign sources for real estate tech in the US? Why do you think right now so much is happening?
1: I think it's, it's one of the last bastions of... Free for all wild west activity where things are still very discombobulated in terms of the tech space, even today, right? When everybody's talking about integrations, I think there's two aspects of the VC money that's coming in. A lot of it is going to be on disintermediating the agent, you know, compressing the timeline, getting rid of the broker, squeezing the production, squeezing those margins out, focusing on the consumer. And then on the other side, you've got you know, a uh, an amount of money going to obviously these online brokerages and brokerages itself. But then also some money going, you know, like, okay, agents are still around. You know, I'm a firm believer after being in the travel business for 15 years where everybody thought travel agents were dead, our business grew exponentially after the internet because we leverage we leverage salespeople to, you know, utilize their skill sets best. And so, you know, the VC money that's coming in is is an also an effect of or a byproduct of the market, right? stock market's going up. They have to put their money somewhere. They have to get rates of returns. And so you have this macroeconomic view where there is a ton of money burning holes through people's pockets because it just can't sit there in a bank account. You got to invest it somehow. Right. But I don't think it's going to slow down anytime soon based on what I'm seeing. You know, I think it's just going to even accelerate even more because it's exciting. I mean, real estate's exciting trying to figure out, you know, how do we get How do we get people in the houses more quickly? How do we buy houses and flip them more? I mean, look at what Zillow just announced, right? I mean, yeah, that's a whole different direction. And so there's a lot of cool things. You got AI, you know, which a lot of the people are like, like myself are like, okay, is it really AI or is it just a bunch of people sitting, you know, down in uh, Central America just typing away at computers, right? Um, hey, can you see my this, notes? I got questions about
0: AI coming up. I didn't tell you about it here, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>, man. <laughs> I'll let you hit on it, man. I, that's something that we could talk about. I love it, but but yeah, you know, like, I love the I love the excitement. It definitely wasn't like this, you know, if, if four years ago at all. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was a little bit of a bubbling, but but I mean, I talked to people. You know, private equity firms, VC companies, other companies like constantly are talking to us about like, hey, you know, where do you see this? Where do you see that? And and all you have to do is cruise around some of these startup shows, you know, at some of these real estate conventions to actually see most of these companies aren't going to be there a year from now. They just aren't. You know, I would say the vast majority of companies, you know, somebody told me one time that real estate is where dreams go to die if you're a tech company. <laughs> right. And and I've seen that happen time and time and time again. And so I I count as one of the lucky ones who have been able to make it past the first couple of years, you know, with what we're doing.
0: You know, I I talk to a lot of service-based businesses as we run an agency, and I I hear people declare pretty often their niche focus is real estate. And, you know, we're going to sell to real estate agents. We're for, you know, brokerages. And I start asking them, like, tell me more about that. Why why is that? And they said, well, you know, if you're making 3% on half million dollar homes, like all you need is close one deal. Like that's the phrase, like the selling pitch. If you just close one more deal because of our product, it pays for itself. And like but yeah. you understand that there are a plethora of businesses that have been yeah. running on that sales pitch, you know, to agents for a long time. I mean, that sales pitch is old, it's tired. I mean that's a surefire way to find yourself on the way out
1: fast. You know, if you're telling oh, someone
0: yeah. just close one
1: more deal. Oh yeah. I think the problem is, is that when you're looking at the numbers from an outsider, which is what I did as well, right? You're seeing, okay, we've got over a million real estate agents, you know, NAR, right? A million realtors, right? All I need is just like a very small percentage of them to pay me $1,000 a month, right? And the problem is, is that they don't understand that most of those agents don't, you know, only sell a few transactions, but otherwise, it? Half sell like 1.2 transactions per year, right? So right. rid of that half. And then you got a very small percentage and then you got a smaller percentage and a smaller percentage. And then the other thing is that a lot of the products are like super niche products, which by itself might be a good idea, but the distribution network is the hardest part, right? And actually that's what we do really well. We partner with companies who are very specific, focused on a particular area and leverage our user base to have it deeply integrated into LionDesk to you know help them launch their products. And we've done it now a couple of times really successfully and... And I think that's the key. And I think that's what most startup companies don't understand. Like, hey, you can have a great product, but real estate is all about relationships, like a hundred percent, like everybody puts their pictures on their business cards, right? Like that's how much of a relationship business it is. And it's shocking to me, you know, going to a lot of these events over the last few years, um, how few tech startup CEOs actually go and attend and network outside of the booth. Because, you know, that's, it's really nothing that we ever did. Our, all of our networking was just talking, relationships, hanging out, getting to know people. And then, and you know, that's really another reason why we built our business is because, you know, relationship is 100% inside of real estate and even more so inside of technology. I mean, you know, forget about the people that are going to refer you, your agent to buy a house. Like technology is the same thing. Like, hey, use this product because David and his team are they're a great team, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely... Um, Like I said, it's where dreams go to die on the tech space, that's for sure.
0: (laughs) All right, we're talking tech. You brought up AI. We got to get to AI. We're talking CRMs, conversations, follow-ups. The big marketing angle now is... Based on AI, built with AI, AI integrations, like that's the tagline. Is AI right now playing a significant role in residential real estate, specifically our managing transaction or lead gen? And do you see it becoming more popular anytime soon?
1: Don't forget about blockchain, man. That's like, that's the magic keyword too.
0: You're looking at my notes. It's literally any thoughts about blockchain and crypto in real estate. That's my very next question.
1: You're okay. me. So let's talk AI. First of all, most AI Sorry. is not AI, right? Just because you program a bot that asks questions that then lead to a yes or a no is not AI, right? So
0: Because I'm fluent in, in many chat. That doesn't count? That's not AI?
1: No. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> You know, I think what Google is doing is AI. Like, if you can make an appointment with your hairdresser and the hairdresser, you know, doesn't know that it's an actual computer talking, okay, that's AI, right? Yeah. Most of the yeah. tools available, like most of the tools available in in real estate today, aren't even close. I think there's a lot that's going into it. There's a lot of money that's going into it. There's a lot of keywords that are going into it. You've got, you know, really cool companies that are working on things. We're actually mm-hmm. launching a product. I'm not calling it AI. I'm calling it Lead Assist because I don't even want to be associated with the term artificial intelligence. You're going to say smarter smarter and and more intelligent? Maybe call it that? Yes. Smarter, more intelligent, better looking, everything, right? (laughs) Call it intelligent code. (laughs) That's it. It's machine learning, artificial intelligence, sediment analysis. It's all these magical keywords, right? (laughs) When in reality, it's 150 people sitting in a call center replying back to somebody's text message. So yeah, I mean, I think it's great. I think long-term, there's no doubt that assisting the salesperson to follow up and nurture is going to be really, really key, right? And so you have two aspects of the AI. You have the consumer portals portion of it, which is they see you looking at particular properties online and then tailoring text messages or emails to those clients saying, hey, I saw these properties, right? Okay. You're doing a little data science you're figuring out, you know, what are the properties that people are looking at, measuring what other properties are looking at, seeing what's sold, you know, of the same type of cohort and then sending those. That's cool. I think that's effective. Amazon's been doing that for, you know, a decade, right? Like that's how they became, you know, a trillion dollar company, right? Like, hey, you like this product, so you should do this. Mm-hmm. That's where the consumer stuff is going. What I'm trying to figure out is how do I leverage the machine learning and the technology in order to assist agents which is what we're doing with our lead assist program. So buyer and seller leads come through. Most agents are really busy. I just saw a statistic today that said 86% of seller leads, the first person who got back to that person, buyer or seller leads, I should say, was the one that ended up getting that transaction, right? The first person, right? So not only is that important, but it's how many times you actually follow up. So what can AI do inside of LionDesk? what we're actually launching and I have been data testing now for about the last two months, lead comes through, text message goes out. The goal isn't to sell the home. The goal is to nurture the client and gather data so that the agent can jump in at any point. Right? So you're an agent. It's a Saturday afternoon. You're either showing a home or you're at your kid's soccer game. Both, both of those scenarios, you're not gonna be able to pick up your phone and reply back to that client right away. But what the AI is going to help you do, right? What it's, what it should help you do is reply back to that client. If they don't respond, send another text message, right? Then when they do respond, start gathering this profile so that when you're looking at your phone Mm -hmm. inside the line desk gap, you can actually say, Oh, cool. You know, it's break time or I'm done with my meeting or now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm available. I can mute that conversation and pop right in. Mm -hmm. And so that's where, that's where I think the most value is is again, all of our focus, helping the agent be more proactive and more successful at following up. And that's where AI comes in. So little things such as, I saw a real conversation that came across last week. There was a client that submitted a lead on uh, realtor.com, came through, the lead assist, the line of lead assist followed up. The client you know, said like, hey, when you're looking to move, the client said, it's not actually me. I'm, I'm helping my sister sell a home because she's getting divorced. The follow-up response to that from a bot would have been like, okay, great, for the most part, right? Which but is a terrible system,
0: response,
1: kind of. Terrible response, right? <laughs> but from our system, <laughs> it actually like, said, hey, great, good to know. <laughs> yeah, okay, great, good to know. Like that would have been it, right? But what what we did was we took the time over the last year is seeing keywords inside of the conversation and actually measuring the sentiment. So it actually replied, hey, I'm really sorry to hear that. We're going to make this as easy as possible for you, right? Wow. And so and it'll recognize recognize things like a veteran. Thanks for your service. We appreciate it. Like little things. um, It'll do misspellings and all this of stuff. But that's really, you know, not only just the scary part, but the most effective part, because that client at that point when you said, hey, I'm really sorry to hear that. Okay, great. You know, they just kept responding, and I, I followed that conversation through over the course of a couple of days. The agent got the listing, and they're working with that client right now on like a six hundred thousand dollars sale, right? Heyo. So heyo is right. So that's that's where I think it needs to go, and and that's where it should go is by helping you know the salesperson be more effective. CRM, if you think about it, historically has been what did I do with that client? Where was I with that client? <laughs> rear view mirror, right? right? Right. It's all rear view mirror stuff. This a card that tells you when you met them and what they were looking for. Right, yep. But what it really should be and what we're doing is trying to figure out, okay, where should you go with this client? What should you be saying? Like, who should you be contacting next? Because that client, you haven't touched them in 30 days, right? Here's some suggestions that we can put forward to help you stay in contact with that client because we want all of our salespeople especially mine out here, right, saying where can we actually help and guide that client specifically so that you're going to get another sale, you're going to know the referral, or you're going to nurture that lead because you've dropped it instead of just like, hey, you know, what did I I email that guy last week? Or what was that text message? Like those, like traditional CRM, if that's where you're basing the future off of your tech company's dead, you know, and and that's where it should be going. And AI is going to help us get there. I mean, it's very general data science, right? Looking through the data and figuring out what is the best, like, if I can tell a broker, hey, of all the leads that you're getting, I'm going to help you convert on 25% more of them, then we're going to win that business all day long, right? And it's only because we're sending out millions of text messages every month out of LionDesk. We know what text message elicits the best response throughout the entire country per lead source. And then what we want to do is help the agents and the brokers in those particular areas get better and better and better at what they do. And that's AI. That's where it should go, in my opinion. So you haven't thought about this at all? No, not at all. (laughs) We got to keep it moving here. I cannot pass up, though. I just want to get, I'll let you run with it. I'll give you two minutes. Thoughts about blockchain and crypto in residential real estate? Go. I think it's overhyped and really doesn't make a difference in anything other than the fact that you can have a single record of title you know other than that all it is is just a decentralized system or sorry a centralized system of information but spread out like I don't think it's going to help an agent's life one single bit. So we're not focusing on it at all.
0: There it is. You have it, folks. The definitive, what is up with blockchain and crypto? We're going to move yeah. on to my favorite segment of the show called For the Future. For the Future is a segment where I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following mm-hmm. four questions. David, are you ready to play? I'm ready to play.
1: Let's do it. All right. Question number one. What does Lion Desk look like one year from now? One year from now, we are on our way to becoming the de facto standard CRM platform inside of real estate and beyond. Oh, ambitious. Question number two, (laughs) what will the
0: housing market look like one year from now?
1: I think the housing market stays uh, stays strong. Uh, I think the macroeconomic situation is good. I think that incomes continue to rise. And I think that more and more people are going to want to upgrade or buy new homes. I think, I think we're in a good spot. All right. Moving right along. Question number three,
0: when will the next big boom or bust happen in real estate?
1: Oh, I would say not within the next two to three years. That's for sure. The bust occurred because of a series of events that hopefully won't happen again because of regulations and people's intelligence, but you never know. I think I think there's gonna be a, a tech boom in terms of speeding the transaction up and also aggregating a lot of systems together to make the lives of agents and brokers easier. That's where I think that's gonna be. Good stuff.
0: Question number four, the final of for the future. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances?
1: Oh, dramatically change or fade away. I gotta tell you that I think that the human interaction inside of the real estate transaction is going to get even more and more important as technology has continued to grow and become a daily part of our lives, like people want that interaction. They want to talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. I don't think that's giving me away. I think it's going to become even more highlighted. I do think that on the on the brokerage side, they're gonna have to brokers are going to have to offer not just technology because everybody's selling the same product. They're going to have to offer solutions in terms of training and systems in order to continue to grow. But, you know, I I think, again, my biggest thing is technology is great. It's just a tool, but you still have to have that person inside, you know, to actually create create the relationship and keep on a relationship. All right.
0: We're going to move on to the last three. Uh, David, these are
1: questions more about you so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better. First one is, what are you reading? I am reading a couple of different things. I just read a book by Sherry Tree called Why They Buy. I thought it was fantastic. According to the book, within 90 seconds, you can tell what a person's motivation is into why they are buying. Uh, I thought that was great. And then I'm rereading Atlas Shrugged, which is an Ayn Rand book. Incredible. Somebody asked me, what the, what's my favorite business book? And that that is it. I think it's a, it's a great book for everybody. That's the one. That's it. Yep.
0: I've never heard of uh, Why They Buy, and now it's
1: officially made it onto my Amazon wish list. So that's going to happen. <laughs> Easy read. Yeah. Great lady, man. Re- brilliant. Brilliant book.
0: Question number two, who are you learning from?
1: Oh, man. So many people. First and foremost... He is my dad, great entrepreneur, been in business forever. He was the, he was originally an agent and broker. I talked to him on a daily basis. Secondly is Chris Heller, who is the ex-president and CEO of Keller Williams. He lives right down the street and I bounce ideas off of him always because he has more experience in real estate than I will ever have in my entire life. It's a good soundboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great guy. Very awesome.
0: And the final of the last three uh, what inspires you or what helps keep you inspired?
1: Seeing posts in our Facebook group about agents or, you know, friends who have utilized our system to help do what what hit their goals. You know, I mean, everybody has different goals. If some people want to sell 10 transactions a year, somebody else a hundred. But when I hear that they hit their goal because I was able to help them do that, that inspires me that that's the whole goal that of, of why I started LionDesk is you know, not to go out and raise a hundred million bucks. It was to go out and and help other people because my whole background and philosophy that I learned from my grandfather was you go out, you make good products that people like using. And if they like using it, then you're going to do well also.
0: That's a simple philosophy to stick by. I I can dig it. Well, this this has been great. David, I, I greatly appreciate your time. I think that, you know, on the surface, people might not think, what do I have to learn about CRM? But I think there's so much more behind the business Like I said, you know, uncovering the ethos of a company and, you know, you just wrapping it up there and what's inspiring, which is, you know, your customers hitting their goals. I think that that's, that should be an aspiration of every business owner and entrepreneur out there. Before we head out, I want to give you the opportunity.
1: If people want to either connect with you or directly learn more about LionDesk, where do they go? How do they do that? You can go to liondesk.com, singular on the lion and the desk and then or you can just reach me directly davidaline@desk.com. We got a lot of cool stuff coming out, actually a whole new version, launching some new transaction stuff and so we got a lot going on and we continue to innovate and um, I always tell everybody send me your ideas, email me directly tag me on Facebook and, and and I'm there. That's awesome.
0: I appreciate you putting that out there and uh, inviting everyone to connect with you and uh, look forward to seeing where you guys end up a year from now. I mean, we're going to have to hold to see that prediction. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then hopefully uh, the next event, I don't know which one is coming up next or there, but hopefully we'll get a chance to meet up in
1: person and I'd love will kick it then. Sounds good, Nate. I really appreciate it, man. It was great talking to you. You bet. I'll see you. Okay, bye well that's it for today thanks so much for listening to the Technest podcast
0: hey don't forget you can get on the email list you never miss an upcoming episode that's technest.io. that's t-e-c-h-n-e-s-t dot i-o get on the email list uh go to the app store where you found us on itunes stitcher soundcloud wherever you found us leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.